0: You are listening to the Steadfast Life Podcast from Jake and Witt over at Steadfast Life Coaching. This is where you'll hear stories, insights, interviews, and observations that will inspire and equip you to take your health, wealth, and relationships from here to elite. Whether it's overcoming struggles, our foundational relationship with Jesus Christ, the lessons we've learned from competing in sports, or the perspective that only comes from pushing your body and mind to the edge to climb 14,000 foot peaks, These opportunities have given us a unique perspective on mindset that we are excited to share with you right now. Hello, my growth-minded friends, and welcome to the Steadfast Life Podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. If this is your first time, thanks for stopping by, and if you've been here before, even better. Thanks for coming back and checking in on on what we have to say today. And uh, today we're going to go a, a little different route. We're going to talk about relationships. And I want to talk about relationship-specific buffering. Now, buffering is a topic that comes up quite a bit on the podcast, and we probably talk about it so much that you're maybe even sick of hearing about it. And it's usually connected to eating, and, and it's got other names like vegging out, emotional eating, eating my feelings, numbing, et cetera but it doesn't have to just apply to eating in a broader sense buffering is simply the action of putting a buffer between us and a tough emotion even though that buffer has a negative impact in our life it could be scrolling social media watching movies eating junk food procrastination excessive napping alcohol you get the idea now whitney and i help our clients with growth in their health their business and their relationships and all of that growth comes at the result of discomfort But maybe I should qualify that and say growth comes as a result of unbuffered discomfort. Because any place there's discomfort, there's a temptation to buffer, which leads to little or no growth. So let's talk about relationships. We all know there can be growth in a relationship. And we really know there can be discomfort in a relationship. But is there relationship-specific buffering? Well, that's a big yes. There's all the normal stuff, but there are a few other sneaky ones too. I'm going to call the first one partner-pleasing. Now, I've just renamed people-pleasing, but this one's in a relationship. So there's a partner. This is where you avoid confrontation and it leads to resentment. As I was putting this podcast together, Brooke Castillo came out with her podcast. Uh, It's episode 321, by the way, is the one I was listening to. I listened to that podcast and she had a great quote about this specifically. She said, love never comes at your own expense and never includes lying. Now, in that podcast, she went into great detail because she doesn't want people-pleasing to be associated with unconditional love. So what I want to do is take an example in my relationship and, and show you what she's talking about. So there's this idea out there of the people who really... Are averse to the idea of people pleasing and and they would say that if Whitney wants seven pillows on the bed and ask me if I would want seven pillows on the bed which I don't then I need to be on guard for people pleasing and the way I would test for it is I would ask myself if it were not for wit's influence would I want all these pillows if my answer is no which it is and there are pillows on the bed then I am now people pleasing. So basically the idea is that if I would not have seven pillows on the bed as a bachelor, and I do have seven pillows on the bed as a husband, then my relationship is now unhealthy. I am a people pleaser. Now others would argue with that. They'll say, no, no, Jake, what you're doing is love. You sacrifice when you love. But then the other voice chimes in. and They say, but wait, sacrifice when you love. Now you're being codependent. And this whole thing can really get confusing when you realize that the reality is that in every marriage where there are more than two pillows on the bed, something has strayed across the line to unhealthy. If that's the case, I guess there are probably four healthy marriages in the world. But here's what I want to offer you go ahead and sacrifice. I will sacrifice the 20 extra seconds it takes to get rid of the pillows that do not contribute directly to the act of sleeping. And I will do this every single night. I will also sacrifice the 35 extra seconds required to put them back in the morning. What I won't do is lie about it. I won't pretend I want the pillows. I will say, Whit, I don't understand these pillows, but I'm happy to have them for you. And I will love Whitney enough to both be honest with her and... Love her response to my honesty. I'm not going to get mad if she doesn't respond the way my all-knowing brain has deemed appropriate. And I'm not going to lie to her to coax out some sort of response that makes me feel better in the short term but fosters resentment over the long haul. That is what partner pleasing really is. It's buffering discomfort by lying so that right now feels good at the expense of later. Now, Whitney knows I don't like the pillows on the bed. And I know that Whitney doesn't love snake hunting, but sometimes she chooses to do it anyway. She's honest with me about that. I know that she's doing it for me. And you want to know something crazy? When she does, when she does it honestly, I feel unconditionally loved. Now, of course, this gets quite a bit more complicated when the issues are more emotionally charged than pillows and snakes. But the concept holds true. Lying is not part of loving, it's buffering. Short-term gain for long-term pain. It's easy, it's tempting, it's comfortable, but it's not who I aspire to be. Plus, if you make a habit out of lying about what you really want, you end up miserable, and you start looking outside of your relationship for the needs that are missing inside. This is relationship-specific buffering number two. I call it window shopping, looking outside for what you want inside. You sort of avoid the problem-solving, difficult conversations. You, you do a lot of people-pleasing, but then you decide you want those needs met. You must have those needs met, so you go outside. You go elsewhere to get your needs met. Now, the first thing that comes to everyone's mind if you talk about something like this is affairs, and this is obviously one place where this shows up in a dramatic way. Those could be physical infidelity or emotional infidelity, and while both are extremely destructive, they're both too obvious for a podcast that's supposed to be pushing on your brain a bit. So I'm gonna talk about your need for significance, contribution, affirmation, camaraderie, recovery, recharge, validation, if i need to go out with the guys three times a week then that tends to make me take a look at what i'm getting from them and not whitney so if the guys are giving me high fives and wanting to see all of the pictures of the latest mountain i've climbed i may simply go to them either physically or digitally to get that need met rather than address it inside my relationship Or inside my brain you see when I go to them I'm getting a short-term dopamine hit of validation but I'm not addressing the growth that's available through talking it out with wit or from the tough conversations that lead me to get honest about my need for validation where I get my worth and the personal growth that I would want to be doing to up level out of that space so I ask myself questions to check on this Do I make jokes at wit's expense when we're out with friends to get my humor validated? Do I complain to friends about stuff in my marriage that would be better addressed with wit because the conversations with Whitney are maybe too uncomfortable? Do I share aspects of my personality with others and hide them from wit? Am I looking outward for instant gratification instead of looking inward to ignite the uncomfortable growth that will make my marriage amazing? Are those questions difficult to hold myself to? Yes. Worth it? Yes. So what if you get caught in the cycle? Let's say I'm lying to Wit about what I want and need so that she'll be pleased. Then I'm turning outward for pleasure instead of doing the hard work to have a beautiful marriage. So I've got myself backed into a corner. And I need some re- relief from the resentment, the disconnection, the, the general misery of my life. Where do I go from here? Easy. This is where we go back to the good old-fashioned buffering. But I pretend it's a relationship. So this is relationship-specific buffer number three. Just committing to a hedonistic lifestyle. I just decide... I am going to seek all the pleasure, avoid all the pain, and I'm just going to say this is what our relationship is based on. I call it the run it out method. And this is something that comes up when I'm out backpacking in the mountains and we're standing up on top of a giant cliff and we're looking down and saying, what would happen if I fell? What would I do? And someone always comes up with the idea that goes back to when you were six years old skateboarding downhills and you say, I'd run it out. You've been there when the skateboard's getting wobbly going down the hill, and so you just jump off and sprint as fast as you can and hope that your legs can match the speed of the skateboard. And if you do it long enough, you can either slow down or reach the bottom of the hill and gradually get to that horizontal section and you're safe. So what would you do if you fell off a 3,000-foot cliff? Hey, just run it out. I just sprint my legs all the way down till I reach the bottom. Now, of course, we all laugh because this is not a great solution, but it always comes up and it's entertaining and it passes the time. Well, this is what we do sometimes in our relationships. We decide to commit to never addressing the tough emotions. We still feel them, of course, but after the occasional blow up, we remember our pact. We're going to join hands, seek pleasure, and avoid pain. I'll make the cookie dough, you pick the movie, and let's just have a great night. Maybe if we have enough ice cream and Hollywood makes enough movies, we can make this relationship last. Wait, what? No one would actually do that, right? I mean, if they did, and suddenly there was some sort of pandemic that multiplied the pressure on these types of relationships, then we would see the effects of the increases in buffering required to sustain these unevaluated perceptions of happiness. We would see alcohol sales rise by, say, 400%. Governor of Texas might even offer alcohol to go for the first time in the state's history because of the fear of what would happen if the buffer was removed. Now, I'm not saying that you can't Chill out. I'm not saying you can't watch a movie with friends and and have some sweet treats. By definition, buffering is only truly buffering when there's a negative net. So if you and your friends, kids, or spouse like to eat some dessert, watch a movie, it's not the end of the world. I'm talking about the movies and the treats taking the place of saying the words, Babe, I'm sorry I let you down. This is not the way I'd like to show up in the future. So. How do you know? How do you know if you're being cool about the pillows or you're partner-pleasing? How do you know if you're just hanging out with the guys or if you're window shopping? How do you know if you're just chilling out one night or if you're trying to run it out? It's pretty simple, really. The next time you find yourself excitedly waiting for the moment the TV will go on and the dessert will touch your lips, ask yourself, what would I have to feel if we just went for a walk or sat on the couch and talked without distractions. Ask yourself, when do I lie about what I want or need? And what would I have to feel if I didn't? Or maybe, where am I looking outward for things I dream of having this relationship supply? What would I have to do to change that? Because here's the thing about just... Pleasing the chatter of your pleasure-seeking, pain-avoiding, constantly clamoring lower brain. Your upper brain won't stay quiet either. You'll find you get a little antsy, you'll get a little frustrated, you'll be restless. Then that will turn to anxiety, disappointment, regret, and ultimately it will undermine your self-worth. Now, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you, but you have a desire for more inside of you, and it will kick and scream just like your desire for comfort. Everyone laughs at the solutions we come up with for how to survive a 3,000-foot fall in the Sierras because deep down, we all know you can't just run it out. So ask yourself those questions, get honest about where you are, and make your peace with the discomfort that stands between there and your elite self. Then, if you decide you want some help building those skills or taking that journey, get in touch. We can help you take your current relationship to beautiful and amazing. Or, if you're still looking for that relationship, we can help you do that difficult and personal work of becoming the person that the person you are looking for will be attracted to. If you find yourself wanting progress faster than you're getting it, the adjustment that moves the needle for you could be to increase your consistency. Witt and I believe that consistency is the pathway to self-trust, and we've seen it improve our clients' lives in such dramatic fashion that we've created an online ecosystem to deliver consistency on demand. Our online ecosystem is called Trust University, or Trust You. See what we did there? If you or someone you know might benefit from the ability to actually do what you say you're going to do, then send us an email or head over to steadfastlifecoaching.com and start learning to trust you.